Yeah, let's pray together as we open God's word today. Father God, it is easy to sing those things. But God, it is harder for them to be true in our hearts. And God, as we sing those words and then sing that prayer, it is well in my soul no matter what is going on. The earthquakes in life, the hardship that we endure, somehow we can still say it is well. And Father God, even as we declare that, we struggle with it. But God, we trust you. And we know that you are good. We know that you are enough. And we pray, God, that as we desire to follow you, as we seek to pursue you every day, as we lay our hearts before you, that you would show us a little bit more and more each day what those words truly mean, that it is well, no matter what. Father God, as we turn to your word this morning, we pray that you would speak, that you would help us to understand that, that you would show us what that means a little bit more, that we can follow you a little more closely and love you a little more deeply in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, open your Bibles with me to John chapter 14 this morning. We're going to read a little bit of John chapter 14, and then uh, God has some exciting things for us to hear together, I think. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 17, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. Amen. God has promised that his spirit lives in you. 
This morning we're looking at another of the lavish and unbelievable promises of God. The the things that he has told us as his children, his creation, his followers. The things that he has given us as a guarantee of who he is and what he is doing. So that we can follow him with confidence and boldness. Trusting him to do the things he has said he would do. That he will care for us. Provide for us. Be with us. God loves us. And he is inviting us into this journey with him. Into relationship with him. And while he has promised that that journey will be difficult. Because we are broken and we live in a world that is very broken. He gives us these promises to help follow him well, to help us to trust him, to help us to see what he's doing and have confidence that he is doing what is best. As we've been walking through this over the last few weeks, it just seems like every promise we look at seems more incredible than the last. So often in our journey, in our relationship with God, we can feel dead and dry and lost and alone. And we have questions and and fears and insecurities. And as I try to walk with him, I feel like I am constantly stumbling and falling and failing. But when I look at these promises, I wonder how that's possible. How on earth I can feel that way. I mean, I still do because life just is that way sometimes. But the promises of God are incredible. That that God is in control. That I am a new creation. That we are his workmanship. That nothing can separate us from him. That he has chosen you. That we can spend eternity with him. It's it's overwhelming. And when I can get over myself and really meditate on these truths and understand them, there's just nothing to fear. God is enough. He's more than enough. And what he has promised is more than enough. No matter what. And this morning we can understand how and why that is true. Because God has promised us that his spirit lives in us. That we are one with his spirit. That the power that created the universe, that spoke existence into existence, that hovered over the waters at the very beginning, that is eternally present, uncreated, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, all the time, lives in you. seems like a pretty big deal. 
And it seems like something that God really wants us to understand and embrace. He talks about it a lot. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Ezekiel 36. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. Galatians chapter 4. Because you are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. 1 John chapter 2, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains on you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it was taught to you, remain in him. 1 Corinthians 6, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. God has given his spirit to you. He has placed it in your heart. The spirit lives in you and gives you life. It's a, a deposit, a guarantee, a promise that the life God has spoken about is yours. The life that Jesus brings is yours. And now we are meant to be changed. In Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about this life, about what's meant to look different, about the, the impact that the Spirit has for us and what kind of a difference we're meant to see. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 16. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives you life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation 
But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings. In order that we may also share in his glory. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children and that we are led by his spirit. We are led by the spirit of God. This is huge for us to understand because the promise of God are not just thoughts or ideas. They're not flat, static words on a page meant to make us feel good for a moment. The the promises of God call us to action. They call us to embrace them, to own them, to live them. God doesn't promise us that the sky is blue or that the sun will rise, things that don't matter, that don't require change. He promises us things that call us into new life, that invite us into relationship, that bring change And transformation as we are called to engage with him. To dig in. If we call ourselves followers of Jesus. What's the one thing we actually have to do? We have to actually follow. Jesus is moving. And we have to move too. And this life in the spirit that God is talking about is an invitation to experience life in a new way. To be changed and transformed into something completely new. New dreams. New goals. New priorities. New purpose. New hope. New mission. New relationship. Jesus wants to make us completely new and the power of the Holy Spirit is how that happens. Jesus describes this to us in John chapter 16. He says, but very truly I tell you it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I mean, this whole topic of the Holy Spirit is a series of sermons in itself. Libraries of books have been written about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does. It's, it's a wonderful, powerful, profound mystery. The Holy Spirit has real, practical, feelable impacts on our lives, and yet it remains somehow this unknowable thing, somehow beyond our understanding. It's exciting. It's intimidating. It feels like something we should just get. But we struggle to understand it and embrace it. But clearly this was extremely important to Jesus. He meant for us to understand the Holy Spirit. He meant for the Holy Spirit to have a real, tangible impact in our lives. He meant for us to experience the presence of God in this way. And he promises us that that we can. So we've got to figure it out. We've got to understand it. And even more... We've got to embrace it. Because the Holy Spirit is not an idea or a concept to be figured out. He is a person meant to be experienced in relationship. That's the biggest thing for us to understand. There's the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and all of that is wonderful and amazing and important. But first and foremost, the Spirit is a person. And all of these wonderful, amazing things, it's a person sent by Jesus to help us connect with Him. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. That sounds confusing. But that's how incredible the connection that Jesus is trying to describe to us really is. In the next chapter, in John chapter 17, Jesus would speak his high priestly prayer right before they went out to the garden. Emphasizing over and over again the unity and the depth of connection that existed between him and his father and that he desired for us as well. And this is how we're meant to experience these things. Right here in these verses, the Father and the Son are one, and the Spirit and the Son are one, and we and the Spirit and the Son are supposed to be connected just like that. 
Do you see what he's offering you here? What Jesus wants for you. This is incredible. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's unbelievable. And it's virtually impossible to describe given just how difficult it is for Jesus to do that in these verses. The Holy Spirit is God and is our connection to God, living in our hearts, connecting our very being to our Creator in the deepest and most profound way imaginable. It changes everything. I'm a good Baptist boy. Meat and potatoes theology. Scripture as the foundation of truth over emotional or pure personal experience. But I'm a Baptocostal boy too. And if you haven't pursued the power of the Holy Spirit, if you haven't experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit, burning sin from your life and leading you into healing and wholeness beyond understanding, you are missing out. If you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit leading you into worship, as we express ourselves together as a body standing together with the church and the choir of heaven, lifting the name of Jesus high above all else, you are missing out. If you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit drawing you deeper in prayer than you can believe, filling you with a desperation for the souls of others and the needs of the world, giving you words beyond words and praying prayers beyond yourself. If you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit speaking words of, of prophecy and encouragement to you and the people around you, bringing a divine and supernatural connection within the body as we pursue Jesus together and allow him to speak to us together, you are missing out. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. He is alive. He is here now. He lives in you. And our experience isn't all going to be exactly the same. We are each created uniquely and we walk with him uniquely. But Jesus is inviting you to dig in with everything you are. The creator of the universe lives in you and he is asking you to dive in with him. To follow him. To listen to him. To let him speak and lead and work and move in you. And through you. A very good friend of mine reshingled my roof just a week ago. And he is perhaps the most spirit-filled person I know in my life. Every time I talk to him, it's just... 
an incredible experience of sharing in the Holy Spirit together, being encouraged, being challenged, speaking of the work that God is doing in and through and all around us. Sharing story after story of how God is transforming people's lives. It's amazing. It's awesome. And it's how we're supposed to live. We are meant to live in the Spirit, led, guided, empowered, healed, filled, moved, consumed by the Spirit. We are not meant to do things on our own. God has never asked anyone to do anything on their own. He wants to work in you and through you. We always think we need to get something together or figure something out before God can start to work. But we need to stop. God doesn't want your effort. He wants your heart. And when he has it, we can begin to connect our heart with his spirit and we'll begin to live the life we're meant to live. It's not work. It's surrender. It's not my effort. It's purely God's power. In me. In you. In us. The gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. It's all there right there for you. All of it. Forever in connection with our Father through the sacrifice of His Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God has promised you. Do you want that? I do. More and more I do. And more and more I struggle to see anything else. This is it. This is what it's all about. And it begins with prayer. Asking Jesus to help us see the work of the Spirit in our lives. Asking Jesus to bring His Spirit in and help us to see it more clearly. Inviting the Holy Spirit to speak and to move in new and deeper and more powerful ways. Inviting the Spirit to convict me. To reveal the sin in my life and to change my heart for God, for life, for people. To change my heart, to be consumed with what God is consumed with. His mission, His love, His vision, His purpose. And to let the Holy Spirit work that out in me. It's, it's, it's a process. And like any relationship, it takes time. And it's going to be 
uncomfortable, maybe even embarrassing, definitely painful as the Holy Spirit responds to your heart cry and begins to bring change in you. But I promise it is so worth it. The creator of the universe has put his spirit in you and he wants to work in you. And all you need is to ask, do you want that? Let's pray. Father God, we bow before you and we say thank you for your Holy Spirit. We say thank you that you are patient that you are gracious, that you are merciful. That despite our sin, despite our disobedience, despite our selfishness, you loved us enough to send your Son to save us and your Spirit to fill us. Father, forgive us when we ignore your spirit, when we deny your spirit, when we push you away, when the conviction you bring hurts too much when we hide from the things you are trying to reveal in us. Let us see, Father, that you are worth it. That you are worth more than the things we want to hold on to. And let us allow your spirit to work the change in us that you want to bring. You don't want to make us again slaves to fear. You want to bring life, abundant life. You want to bring relationship and connection with yourself. And you want to bring new relationship and connection with the people around us. As we see them like you do. And love them like you do. Help us to follow you well in that. We thank you for your spirit and help us to listen, God. In Jesus' name, amen.